Hi friends, I'm Erin from Wayland Farms and Erin Wayland Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey from an urban farm in Washington State to 100 plus acres in rural Tennessee. This is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we're building our homestead from the ground up. Well, hello friends, and it is so nice to be back on here again. Um, I told you previously that I would be back here, that I had podcasts pre-recorded and I was like on the train again. And what ended up happening was my computer crashed shortly after that. Um, All the podcasts ended up being corrupt (laughs) and I could not access them. It was a month of trying to figure out how to use my computer again, how to fix it. Um, It's still not fixed. And so I'm on my laptop right now. So if the audio sounds a little funny, it's just because I don't have the correct port plug-in charger for my speaker, which will come next week. And so if I just sound a little wonky, I'll be back to normal next week. The audio should be better. Um, But we're here. We're back. um, And I'm going to try to be consistent again. I'm telling you, like whenever you devise a plan, there's always something that's like, oh, really? Hold up. Let me see if we can manipulate and mess with you a little bit. And so that's what happened. Oh, and then my sister (laughs) who did the podcast, so I would just record it um, and then send it to my sister and she splices it all together and puts on the platform, sends it out, just things that I don't have to do because I just, I have so much to do. Um, And she quit, (laughs) which is fine. She has a lot going on. And so I had to learn how, and as much as I've had a blog for 10 years now and I've done so many different things, uh, I'm still not the best at uh, computer stuff. And so I had to sit here and watch a bunch of YouTube videos and tutorials and figure things out on how to splice stuff together and upload. And I had a little video conference with my sister this morning. So anyhow, enough of that. We are back at it. And one of the podcasts that I had previously recorded, recorded was um, kind of a one-year update of how we are doing on our property after the move, just kind of the transition of what it looks like a year after a huge Um, life-changing across the country move because that's what it was we came from Washington State to Tennessee so over 2,000 miles um, to a brand new place we knew no one here you guys can if you are new to the podcast you can definitely access all those episodes I actually I get a lot of questions um, pretty frequently on how to move across the country or even just how to begin or just people want to know like it's just and I was exact same way when you hear someone uproots their life and moves you're like how do all the pieces go together so that you can get from point a where you have an established life to point b where nothing is established and everything is very fluid like you just don't know um and it's a lot of faith and trust in god for us at least and um and a two-year process uh before moving uh figuring out where we wanted to go and all that stuff. So anyhow, if you want to access the beginning episodes, if you scroll back through the podcast, you can see those episodes, listen to all of them, um, get kind of how we did it, and then everyone's going to be different, obviously. Um, there's no, I don't think there's no right or wrong way to move across the country. Uh, it's going to be scary regardless. There's not like a clear-cut safe way to uproot your life. <laughs> Um, but it does provide some insight on how we did it. And I hope that's an encouragement to some people and maybe sheds some light on a few issues or questions that you might have. Um, so anyhow, we are here now in Tennessee. So our one year anniversary was 
um, in April. So we moved in April into our house. Um, so we lived in Spokane, Washington before, which we were on the edge of the city. We were in Mead, which is very like it's a it's right on the edge of Green Bluff, which is a huge agriculture community. So we were kind of in the country, but not at the same time. We ha had a half an acre. I've always had chickens. Like even we were in the deep depths of Spokane, like in town i have always had chickens i've always gardened i grew up on a farm i grew up with horses we did 4-h um, my family was very into that kind of stuff and so this has always been something to where even no, ma no matter where i was i was going to have animals and have a garden and when we were in mead um, we were very close though to a lot of conveniences that we no longer have here we were five minutes from costco five minutes from church um, five minutes from a target so it was really different doing that coming here but anyhow i'm just going to cover the common questions i get and just kind of a full recap of what a year later looks like and just to recap a tad more so our reason for moving was we really wanted more space um, the half an acre was just not enough i grew up on the farm i knew especially with all the pandemic stuff i just i had always wanted to be self-reliant more than what we were and more than what i thought we were capable of on the acreage that we had which was the half an acre and so when we were looking around um you know at eight at just having a farm basically it was so expensive where we were and i didn't want to afford it i just i love that phrase i don't want to afford it versus we couldn't afford it because there's a lot of things we could do that we probably shouldn't or that there's better options too and so i you know, we could have afforded it and we could have skimmed and we could have pinched in other areas, but I didn't want to afford the payment for what we wanted there because it would uh, we would have had to sacrifice areas of our life that I didn't want to. And so um, we decided we would move. And so when we were researching, it was obviously you're looking for um, an area that, that probably has similar values to you, where there's just similar things that draw you to a specific community. Um, we are all gonna have different parameters of what that is for us. But when we were looking, we kind of wrote down, what are our parameters? What do we want around us? What do we want to be involved in? Where is an area that we feel we can put down roots successfully for hopefully, you know, forever? And originally we were looking at Texas, um, but <laughs> Texas, the prices when the pandemic was happening. So we started looking before all of the craziness happened of 2020, but when 2020 happened, we just saw prices everywhere rise dramatically. And it was intense to watch week by week these houses that you know a, a beautiful farm that was 250,000 for like 10 15 acres all of a sudden is like 400,000 i mean i'm not even being dramatic here the the price increase was well over 50% um very often and so what felt obtainable when we first started looking was no longer something that we felt was an option for us um and then also we really started digging into it i winter is never has never been a favorite for our family um and so but i didn't want the heat of tennessee without the seasons like i know that there is some season like seasonal changes obviously in tennessee or in texas but i wanted a place that had a longer fall less winter um, and tennessee really hit a lot it just checked a lot of those boxes for us and even this past winter here 
was colder than normal. It actually did snow over Christmas time, which is not a typical thing here, but the fall here was gorgeous. And I feel like it just went on forever and it was, it was beautiful like experiencing all the seasons has been such a treat because it's it's different obviously than what you've ever experienced before and so you go into it not really having any kind of base knowledge of what it's going to be like just kind of what you've researched which there's so many different things out there that true life experience is obviously going to trump anything you read online and so being in each season and experiencing each each month here has just been such um, an amazing, an amazing thing to do, to just be part of. And, um, and so we knew we wanted the seasons. And so we knew we just kind of loved what we had read and researched about Tennessee. Again, I'm sorry for all the random noises you guys are hearing, but my audio will be better next week. Um, so we, my, Travis had never been to Tennessee. Um, I had been once um, to a conference in Nashville in the middle of summer. It was definitely hot, but, um, Travis is just like, you know, will you, will I like it? And I said, it'll, you'll love it. It'll be fine. And he's like, okay, like I trust you. Let's do this. And so we figured out this is where we wanted to go. We found a realtor through Zillow. The first few were very unsuccessful. <laughs> um, would not get back to us. Very wishy-washy. Anyhow, um, you can, again, you can access all this information at the beginning. But um, that was kind of the reason why we moved is we wanted specific things we felt this location could offer us. Um, we moved to a small town in Tennessee, in West Tennessee. So we're actually you could drive we're probably our closest city you would consider would be memphis that's about an hour and a half away to get to the city limits on this side um our, our closest like big town which has about forty-five thousand people is jackson which is above us north and then south below us um you have corinth you have a ton of stuff down in mississippi so you can beat it down to mississippi in under an hour um and so we really just like this area we like that we have our, our little town that we are next to um is a college town and so you have a lot of life it's a lot of young kids it's a christian college so again similar shared values what we are we have and it's you it feels alive like college towns um are just alive they have they're teaming with young minds who are learning who want to be creative who want to do things who are very active and so it just brings this fun sense um, to commute to, to the community and so um, that was really important to us coffee was really important to me even though <laughs> the coffee here is just not the same as home but um, I always ask for an extra shot so if you're down in the south just ask for an extra shot in any of your coffee drinks and it'll be passable <laughs> because they just do not make coffee here as good as home so um, and then as far as like jobs and stuff go, Travis was able to transfer to from his job to here. And since then, he's actually gone to a new store and got a promotion. So that's been pretty amazing. I know the job thing is very, that's probably obviously the scariest part for a lot of people. And it was scary for us as well because there wasn't a guarantee that Travis could get a job down here. Um, and so we kind of had to rely on faith that they would transfer him and that they would accept his transfer. Um, but he was thrown around a lot the first year. And I think that was probably the biggest struggle for both of us was with his job is that he had been at his previous employment for several, several years. And so there definitely is seniority when you're at a place for a long period of time. And so when we got here, they kind of threw him in as an extra until they could find a position for him. And so that kind of made him the grunt and the new guy. And so not only was it, I think, a hit to his pride, because I mean, it's going to be to anyone. And once you've established yourself somewhere and then you go to somewhere new and you're treated like 
no one knows what you know. They don't know how knowledgeable you are. They don't know how well you are at your job. And so you're put through these tests. And it's a very humbling experience for someone to go through this when uh, they have just been, you know, they have been the one that everyone else was going to for so many years. And so with that came a lot of really difficult hours, like a lot of closing shifts that he, that we were not used to. Like <laughs> we were talking about the beginning, it felt like when we were newly married again and he was trying to work his way up in his company. And so he was the grunt guy and he had a lot of travel and a lot of, he was, you know, he went to Alaska, he went all over the place with the company and he did a lot of nights, a lot of just weird, funky shifts. And it just kind of felt like that again. And it was, oh, it was very discouraging at first. Like, I'm not gonna lie, he wouldn't lie either. It was hard. It was hard to have those late nights and just to feel like, oh my gosh, have we started from scratch again? Like, how long is it gonna take you to work your way up from this from this position again? No. So thankfully, within a year, he was able to prove himself. Um, he's very knowledgeable what he does, and so he got a promotion now to even above what he previously was in Washington State, which is such a blessing, um, something we are so, so grateful for, um, because the first six months, there was a lot, not from him, but from me, there was crying, there was, um, painful growth, painful experiences and change, um, not regret, but just mourning what we previously had and what we had to give up to get here. I think there's a lot, there's a lot of mourning. <laughs> the first six months, honestly, I feel like the first year, there is just so much change and everything feels hard. I was talking to someone the other day who had moved here and we kind of invited her over and I was talking to her and it's like, there's never like, every situation is new. Every time you go out, you have your map quest up, you're trying to figure out where things are. You don't have a base of community of people. Like you're not gonna run into some of the store you know and say hi, like you're alone. And the sense of loneliness that you feel by not even like, it's not, there, you, there's no landmarks for you either. It's not just friends. It's just the fam familiarity of a location of, I know I'm going to go here and get this. I know I'm going to go here and they have this, you know, accessible to me. It's, well, I'm going to go here and hope they have this, but I don't know because I've never been to the store and they don't have what we had at home. And so it's this whole sense of you are thrown into this whole new area and basically figure it out. And if you want friends, go find them. And if you want to have this, figure out where it is and find your community. And it's just, I don't want to be discouraging, but it is a lot of hard. It was, I honestly feel like I, I went into a little bit of depression the first while we were here because not only did we not know what was going on, Travis's work was just so in flux that our house basically, we bought an almost, a hundred year old home and we knew the back foundation was bad you guys can listen to again our previous stories but the back of our house was basically going to slough off and fall away if we didn't have the foundation fixed the first guy we waited for him two months he ghosted us then we had to find a new construction company we had no ac or heat in our house when we first were here we thought it would be a quick fix what wasn't a quick fix ended up being um three months of insulation of new ductwork and everything else and thirty thousand dollars we didn't know we would have to pay and so there was just so much shock that I tell you, it felt like standing in the ocean and waves crashing on you and you're trying to hold your ground while it's just trying to beat you down. <laughs> like that is what it felt like sometime. And then the missing of family and friends, it was so much, you guys, so much. And so I don't, again, I don't want to discourage anyone, but the amount of hard you're going to feel 
is significant and I don't want to downplay that. I don't want to discourage you, but I also want you to know that if you decide to do this and you're at that four or five or six month and you felt like I felt back then, I want you to know that there is hope because that is not how it is now for us. Now I do have friends. Now my kids have playdates. We have a church community that we know, that we love, that we have dug into. We, I do meet people at the supermarket. I do see people at the ballpark. Like now it's, it's great. Like a year, the one year mark just kind of felt like, okay, like, whoa, I, I think we can do this. You know, you kind of come out the other side of the whole shock of the, the transition that you made because it's a shock. <laughs> and so um, and so I think the emotional part of it is just knowing it's going to be hard and just being okay with it being hard. And you know what? If, if the hard makes it so that there's a few days where you don't leave the house or there's a few days where, you know, you feed the kids and you do the, like, just the core things that have to be done and then you just take a moment and you just rest or you do whatever you need to do to fortify yourself and build yourself up again so that you can go out and do it again. Then you take that time and you unplug and you do what you need to do because if you don't, I feel like if you don't give yourself the grace of this is hard and I'm going to take a breather and I'm just going to tap out for a little bit, then it probably will take longer to establish yourself because you're not allowing your body what it needs to because it's uh, the emotional turns into physical. You know, if you have this emotional stuff at play, it wreaks havoc on your physical body too. And so, um, I think just knowing that and just realizing that that could happen, but that it's okay and you can push through because amazing things are going to happen. Um, I hope that that gives someone some encouragement. Um, and so, when we first moved here, our house was obviously basically kind of falling over. We had no AC, we had no anything. And so the first year was hard because we didn't have the ability to really find community and to be that where we were reaching out and hanging out with people or trying to find anything because I, Travis was with his job. He was trying to figure all that out, meet new people, you know, all the stuff that comes with that. And I'm over here working with contractors constantly. I can never leave my house because we were kind of fit in between a lot of other jobs that they previously had going. And so when they showed up, they just showed up and I better be here to unlock the door so that they can work or do what they need to do. And so uh, I was basically at home for most of the time for the first, I would say about eight, eight or so months. I was basically just here constantly while everyone came in and did all the things that they needed to do, all the little stuff, all the big stuff. Um, you know, we needed, I mean, we didn't have AC until July and that was really hard too. And so we were living in, um, the homeschool room with the mini split. If you hear a cat, I don't know what's going on or where that cat is. Um, anyhow. And so not everyone is going to move into a house where <laughs> it needs so much work, but we wanted a house and needed all this work. And so, um, and so that was just an added pressure that maybe you might not have but regardless I think any house you move into even if it is a newer build there's always going to be little hiccups and things that you're going to have to deal with and just learning your house like you learn how your house works and it's just it's just a thing so um but at a year mark we have the foundation fixed we have the AC and all the we have the big stuff done we had to redo the shower because it was leaking and ruined a bunch of the flooring um in the bathroom and so we had in the in December, we basically you could walk into the bathroom and see out of our house 
through the floor because we were redoing that. And so um, we had a leak in the washroom, just tons of stuff that we had to go through, fix. Um, and at this point in time, obviously, we still have so many things we need to do to this house, like so many. <laughs> but it's livable now. It's comfortable. We can make food in it. We can escape the heat of the summer, the cold of the winter. We have a working shower. Like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And so um, that has been a huge thing that we can kind of, we feel secure in our house now versus before when, you know, we couldn't get the foundation fixed. We're like, is the wall going to slough off? And like what's going to happen to the house and and all this different stuff that was just a burden that was just kind of on the back burner it was in the back of our mind we knew it needed fixed and those things um they weigh on you and so being able to say these major things are done and we can take a breather and yes it needs work but we it's not imperative that it be done right away that's a huge thing to be able to like oh, okay i can breathe let's work on some other things and so as far as other things go, last year we did test gardens. And so our gracious neighbor came over and he plowed a little spot in the backyard. So I was like, I would like my garden here. And we rented a tiller and we were trying to hand till. And if you guys know anything about Tennessee clay soil is, oh my goodness, it is so compact that if it hasn't been worked for a while, it is like a rock. <laughs> and so we were over there just struggling to make this garden and the neighbor came with his tractor and his tiller before we had any of that he tilled us a garden and i was so i think that was like my happy place last year because i felt like everything was falling apart around me and i put these seeds in the ground and i went to the um it was like the end of planting season and i went to the greenhouse found the last few things of tomatoes and stuff dumped them all on the ground and i was like we will see if this work works and my garden flourished and it was when everything else felt like it was falling apart around me, when the house was falling apart, when a contractor canceled, or when Travis was having a hard day at work, or he was closing, or whatnot, I could walk out to my garden, and it was beautiful, and it was growing, and it was thriving, and it felt like the one thing that I had control over, the one thing that was like working out, and I had faith that it would work out, and it was like a guarantee. And so that was so nice about, and I had two gardens, which I have two again this year. So what ended up happening is um, this year we had time to make the raised beds this spring. We enclosed the garden so that the chickens and everything couldn't get them, and the rabbits, the bunnies, the deer, all that stuff. And so they are like our forever gardens now. And so that has been such a blessing this year to have that. I actually am looking right now in my kitchen at probably about 15 pounds of tomatoes. I have about 100 jalapenos out there, so I need to make some salsa. I'm really excited. I've already canned green beans. Um, and so there's just a lot of harvest that I'm so grateful for. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to have a larger garden than we previously had. I have so many herbs that I'm growing. I have a whole little kitchen cottage herb garden with flowers. Azinias do amazing here. And it's crazy because, because of the less winters, a lot of things that would die at home in the Pacific Northwest and you would have to plant again, are, it, they just sprouted back again. I, had, I have basil coming out of my ears here because it just reseeded itself. All, so many zinnias reseeded themselves, dill. Like It's just been amazing to watch what has kind of come back to life in the second year um, of even moving dirt around, all that kind of stuff. Like Things were still sprouting through. So establishing gardens is so nice. And next year will be even easier because I can plant sooner because we were working so long this year to um, get these raised beds done and everything and you can see i'll have to post below um, my garden tour and how we made the garden so i'll post a blog post for that 
and some of the other stuff that we have going on. We also were able to get some of our forest cleared. So I would say it's probably about two acres right behind the house cleared um, and not cleared as far as like all the ratty shrubs and things taken out that we, they were just a mess. Like it was just a mess. We couldn't, and there was a lot of um, old farm equipment and stuff that had just, they had dumped down there. So huge pieces of metal that had been overgrown by trees and basically the forest overtook it. And we couldn't safely put animals in there um, because there would have, they would have hurt themselves on something. And so we cleared two acres. We actually had, and there was a previous very sad looking pond that was down there and they redug it and made it bigger. It's holding a decent amount of water right now. Um, and so that has been huge for us because even though we have over a hundred acres, we only have about two acres that we, that was usable to us that was cleared enough to where we could access it. And Travis ended up did getting a small John Deere tractor with, um, all the little parts on it to till, to trim and all that kind of stuff. And so he can do a lot of things, but he couldn't do all the tearing out and stuff that's required to clear the forest. His tractor just isn't big enough for that or and not the correct tractor for that. Um, but with what they had done, that just gave us a huge start on hopefully getting some goats and things we'd like to get Tyron involved in 4-H this fall. And so um, that was big for us to have that done. And I think on Instagram, you can go through and see the before and after. I did kind of a pan of both. Um, and how different it looks. Now, update on the Airbnb because that was a huge thing that we're very that we are. We are <laughs> let me rephrase that. We we weren't very excited about. We still are very excited about, but because the house ended up taking so much more money than we had previously hoped or expected, um, which is just part we just should have known. Like we were in dream and la la land and thought we could do so many things and um not possible, but that's okay. Um we got the septic in and approved and the permitted and so it's sitting in the ground it's waiting for the bnb and we actually we were going to try to do it all in cash ended up we weren't able to do that and so we applied for a loan we got the loan we were approved for everything and we sat down <laughs> and we were just like i don't think we want to, i don't think we want to take this amount of money out and and just with kind of the reconnaissance that I did on the BNBs, I just didn't feel like it was something that we wanted to put pressure on ourselves to make sure it was booked out so much and all of this stuff. And at this point in time with everything else we have going on. And so we kind of shelved that for right now. We have some other ideas of possibly installing like a bathroom over there and having some events and different things like that, but it's going to happen. <laughs> It just, it's not in the time frame that we wanted to, but I think that's another one of the things you learn when you move is that nothing happens, very rarely happens in the time frame or the way or with the amount of money that you think it should, would, could cost. Um, it's, it's definitely different and there's tons of curveballs out there waiting for you. And I think that's the biggest thing is you just have to learn to go with the flow and you're going to get news and it's not going to be what you want to hear. And you know, I've patted about it a little bit. I've cried, but that doesn't change the situation. And so you just adjust your expectations and you move forward. And so that's what we've had to do with the BNB is we've adjusted our expectations. You know, I really want to be able to throw that up and work on it next year. Um, originally it was supposed to be available in two months. <laughs> oh, Aaron, you're so silly. Half of them I'm like, Oh, Aaron, you're just so, <laughs> You have these, you just, what is that called? When you, you just think butterflies and roses and rainbows and it's all just going to happen. And it, um, real life is 
so much harder than the life Erin sees in her head. <laughs> but um, at this point in time too, when we first moved in, I was just sure I'd have my dairy cow and I'd be milking her every day and getting fresh milk. And again, we just don't have the capacity to have one right now. We don't have the infrastructure for one. We don't have the fencing. When we bought this house, it had a barn that had fallen down, two outdoor buildings that one of them we tore down. One of them I still have up because it's pretty, but it's not usable. The floor is rotted out and the sides are rotten too. And the house, it was falling down. So we didn't buy, you know, a bare piece of land, but it was pretty darn close. And so all the old fences here have been rusted and broke years ago. And so my goal now is again, next year, I would like a dairy cow by next fall. Um, but right now I do have a great um, lady who I get my raw milk from and I get two gallons every week. I make kefir with it. We do a lot of things um, and we really, really enjoy it. And it's, it's what we have to do right now and I'm okay with it. Um, and so I'm able to support her and her ability to have cows and buy local from the community. And so, you know what, that's pretty amazing and I'm okay with that. Um, but as of right now, we do have two pigs that we got in the spring. We will have them butcher this fall. We will butcher them this fall, wish us luck. We'll share about that too. Um, I decided that it's, well, Travis and I, <laughs> mostly me, I was like, it's silly to pay someone to butcher the pigs. We can do it ourselves. And we have a lot of um, old timers around here and I'm involved in the farmer's market. And a lot of people who have said, hey, listen, we'll help you do this. We've done this for years. We know how to do it. We have the stuff to do it with. We would like to assist you in this. Can we please you know, bless you with uh, allowing us to help you? And which is just such a huge thing. There's so many, there's a lot of judgy people to where you come and, and I don't blame them because I think especially in places like Tennessee, there's so much there's so much influx of people coming in that don't know farm life or farming or how things are. And so I think it's hard. I'm not, it's hard I think on the regular community that have been here forever to where they feel like they're training and helping and assisting all these new people to come in and be like, well, this is how you do it. And I think a lot of times they're they, very gracious and very gracious hearts and they're willing to do that. But sometimes it, I think it's hard on them to, to see so much change so quickly, um, especially in the last few years. And a lot of people coming in thinking they know what they're doing and not wanting help and then realizing the damage that not only causes them but their neighbors by not asking for help. And so I think that there's just, you get some people who've been burned by some of the newcomers and they have a little bit of bitterness that you really can't blame them for. Um, and so you just have to come in and show grace and be open and willing and kind. I think the biggest thing to, is just kindness to all these people who have been here before and honor and respect for the fact that they were here. Um, and, and how can you assist them or if they want to share something with you, even if it's not the way that you are going to do it, to hear them out and to understand them and to validate what they're saying to you and just to, you know, not not everyone, not people who maybe are, are outwardly rude, but if someone um, is willing to share that with you, you know, just to give them an ear and just to allow them to speak and to um, feel heard. I think a lot of the people who lived here previously, they just want to feel heard. They want to talk to the new people. They want to they want reassurance, you know, that maybe that our values align to, but that we're not going to come in and change a bunch of things. And, you know, some things will change. And I think that that's for the better and some things will change. And that's probably not for the best either, but that's life in general anyhow, right? I mean, we can't escape it. 
And so, um, so I think just hearing people out. But so we have the pigs. That was kind of a tangent that I went off on. We have the two pigs. We have three ducks. We have 20, I think at this point we have like 22 guineas. We had 26 at the beginning. One got hit by a car. They're on the road all the time. Guineas are not the smartest. Um, and then a few others have just disappeared. And I'm thinking it's probably a predator of some sort. We have several foxes around. Um, and so we'll tuck them in at night and every now and then one's just gone. And sometimes the next morning they're sitting out there and they obviously got lost or something and they came back. But most of the time they're just gone and they're not back. And so that happens every few months. We just one just disappears. Um, but the chickens never go as far as the guineas. And so we have most of those, even though, well, no, that's not really true. We have, we've had several die and we're not quite sure. I mean, I don't know if they got into something, if they got bit by a snake, I don't really know. Um, but we've just found a few, one of them, there was like an ovary issue. Um, and every now and then there's just one dead, but you know, that's kind of chickens too. I've had chickens all my life. My grandma had chickens. They just die sometimes. And sometimes you can know why. And other times you just, you don't got a reason and so we are next year going to have more chickens and work on upping our eggs again because i think the for hens right now we're down to 11 10 or 11 um and so we would like to build that up a, a little bit too but so that's all we've got right now for animals well and cats because we saved a cat and then she had seven kittens and i gave two away and then i just didn't trust anyone else with the rest so uh, we have too many cats but we will they will be barn cats once we build a barn and then we have our dog and then let me hit on food real quick because food is kind of a big deal to me. It's different when you come. So, I mean, I'm just going to be really frank here. Like in the Pacific Northwest, where we were at, I could get organic food anywhere I went. Every place had a really great organic section. Costco always had a lot of really good options. Um, the cheese, the dairy, the coffee. And then you come here and this is just a way more rural community and there is not as many options. And I think that's a, one of the reasons I really was excited to lean into my garden too and to be able to produce and grow what was really important to me. But it took me a while to find decent cheese here. We don't have the Tillamook as we did over home that came from Oregon. Um, even though Wisconsin's close by, you think we have some great cheese, but not really. I miss the apples. Uh, they don't really grow apples here. Um, I tried, there's one place that, uh, a farm close to us, and I called them and I said, you know, I know you sell apples in these little containers, but can I grab some in bulk from you? I like to make applesauce. And they're like, nope, absolutely not. We don't sell large quantities of apples to anyone. We wouldn't have enough. And apples are just harder to grow here because you don't have the cold winters um, that a lot of the apple trees need to have a really decent production in the summertime. And so we planted some apple trees, we're hopeful. I think it's just kind of gonna be a year by year thing. And so I really miss that, I'm not gonna lie. I miss all the apples and the peaches. I know we're by Georgia. So the Georgia peach, I feel like that's a pretty big thing, but I guess because we're more rural, they send a lot of the peaches and stuff to places who are gonna pay more closer to Nashville. I'm probably maybe closer to Memphis and we just don't get as much here and so that's been hard too cherries are basically like they come in from Washington <laughs> like we have Washington cherries down here um, and so those I miss and then corn corn such a big thing here and I am not it's just never been a thing for me and so they have corn festivals and sweet corn and the corn's almost on everyone gets so excited about the corn and i'm not here to offend anyone who loves corn and this but this is just so different from what we were excited we had apple festivals and and peach runs and cherry runs and like all these different kinds of like runs as in like 
<laughs> not that kind, but like, you know, 5Ks and that kind of stuff and like events around these these uh, harvest seasons. And here we have like the corn harvest season and they do um, still a lot of cotton around here. Tobacco's pretty much been outsourced to overseas. So there's not, you're not really gonna find tobacco fields anymore, but tons of cotton fields, tons of corn, Oh, and soybeans. They do have soybean festivals too. And so like, wah, wah, this is it's not, it's not my thing. Um, and so I, I mean, I enjoy corn every now and again, but it's not something I'm going to grow a lot and can or freeze or do anything like that with. So it's just different. <laughs> and you know, there's some differences that you're like, that's okay. Like I'll get used to it. And there's some differences that you're like, that kind of sucks. And I think I'm going to be forever a little bit sad about not having access to the things I had before. Um, and so it's just kind of a growing and changing and learning. And I hope that I will be able to procure some people who can source these for me. Um, you know, you just kind of know some people. So I'm still on the lookout to be in the know to figure out how I can get my hands on some of these larger quantities of produce that I miss and I love. Um, but sorry, friends, I was talking about friends too, wasn't I? Um, it's just, it's hard at the beginning because everyone wants to know about you and where you're from and why are you here and why did you pick this place and so many times you're like but why here like out of all the places you could go why here and it's funny too because a lot of people here were like why would you go here instead of so-and-so or so-and-so or why would you leave Washington and you're like you don't especially for the people who have never left and have always been here you're like you don't understand like yes Washington is beautiful in the summertime yes i miss it a lot but i also do not miss the four five six months of winter and mud and cold i do not miss it like yes there is three months here of extreme heat and some pretty intense humidity but the winters here were so gorgeous and the falls were long and the springs are long and so it's a give and take but i i genuinely just love the weather here and um, even even the balmy summertime so far, I mean, we're on year two and I can do this. Like it's not it's not that bad to me. And so when we tell people we're like, well, I mean, would you want to be in two feet of snow or negative 10 or whatever else we have to deal with randomly in the, in the Pacific Northwest? And they're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that because genuinely when you say Washington people always think Seattle they don't realize that the mountain range in between the state divides us so starkly that the that the weather on both sides of the state are just completely different um and so there's just a lot of like a assumptions about where you come from that aren't accurate but you know we had a lot of assumptions too that were not accurate about moving here so um but yeah to make friends it's just hard like i got involved in the farmer's market we got involved in our church i wanted to i was like where are the people at that i would want to meet and i was thinking oh well okay well farmers because i would love to know more about how to farm locally and how to work in this new environment like i know a lot of things from washington that just aren't applicable here because the weather and so um, I've met some amazing people. I met a neighbor from the farmer's market. She was right down the road. I didn't even know she was there. Um, and just some really great people who are so kind to just share their wisdom with you. Again, if you come with a willing heart to learn, even if you just take pieces and bits of what they say and utilize that, like there's a lot of wisdom that a lot of people will give you time if you give them the time to share that with you. And if you open up your mind and if you aren't so opinionated and every now and then, cause I, I mean, I like to talk, but I gotta just shut myself down and be like, let's just give this person our ear and our time and, um, and see what we can glean from them. 
And then we are involved in our church, which church shopping and everything else is just a whole other thing too. But we found our church through Awana because I really wanted my kids involved in Awana because I figured that was a great opportunity for them to meet some friends, and it has been. And then we got them involved in sports. Even though we homeschool, we did softball and baseball for the kids in the spring. Evelyn has met one of her dear friends through that. Um, and then, yeah, just – and being, like, on – social too like there's a lot of people from this area when I because I take the area kind of that I'm from they'll reach out and they'll be like hey I don't think I'm that far from you you know like would you like to get together or I saw from Instagram that you were at this farmer's market and I want to say hi to you um, I'm looking for a friend would you like to hang out and so just being open to that I mean I've sent my phone number home like Evelyn has a friend and so I will give Evelyn my phone number and write a little thing for their parents and just give it to her and be like okay give this to your friend and then you know her mama can call me and it's putting yourself out there a lot because a lot of people be like that is so weird I'm not calling this random number my daughter gave me and other people will call and say I'd love to get a play date can we meet up and it's just putting yourself out there being okay with rejection a lot <laughs> um but still doing it over and over again, which is just plays into the hard factor of it's very emotional to constantly feel like you're putting yourself out there all the time. Um, the first year is just very emotional. It's very taxing mentally because everything's new and everything is hard and there's a, such a learning factor. And I guess it's very humbling to be you know, in your 30s and feel like you're starting over from scratch in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, there's a lot that comes out of that and a lot that I know now more and that I just am very blessed to have had the opportunity to have felt that and witnessed that so then I can testify to what can come of it um, if you push through the hard. So if you guys have any questions that I didn't address in this episode, definitely shoot them my way. I kind of took a little break from Instagram. I'm getting the itch to come back. I'm also creating a monthly membership um, court, like monthly membership that's going to be like a video tutorial. I'm super excited about it. It's just a way to block out the noise of Instagram and really come in, learn together, be a community together. And I'm really, really excited about developing this. Um, I've been working really hard with the concept and kind of figuring it all out in my mind the last little bit, and so I hope to launch it very soon. Um, so I will announce that when it's available, um, but I will bounce back to Instagram here fairly quickly, um, and so you can meet me there or on the blog where I'm posting very regularly. I did take a break because Evelyn's birthday is the 5th, which was the day after the 4th of July, and so that week was just kind of a family week, but we're back at it again, and so I'm so glad to be back here um, if I can actually figure out how to upload this. So if you're... Um, hearing this that means I was successful yay yay me <laughs> and uh that means I'll talk to you again next week thank you guys thank you for being here this was a pretty long one so I'll talk to you next week